So what I want to know tonight is are you living the old-time way? I want to know, is this tonight or is this this morning? That's a good question. (laughs) Well, currently it's this evening while we are recording this, although it will probably be released in the morning hours. It might be. But I believe I am still living the old-time way. That's what I believe in, brother. That's what I'm striving for. You know what I am? I'm a young man living an old-time way. You know, Kelly wrote that song that we were just listening to, and uh, she's she's slightly aggressive while she was writing that. She, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure she told me she was in the nursery one night with my little girl and wrote that song, Dear in Church. She said, let me tell your brother that's all right. She sounded a little mad. I don't know if she's mad or not. <laughs> she may have been. I don't she know. She might have been. But she wrote that song. That's a pretty good song. Yes, it is a good song. It's a pretty popular song, really. A lot of people that have mentioned that CD, that's the one they go to. Yeah, that is uh, one that they like a lot. Um, A lot of people like it, I think, because it does refer to our standards and our way of living. Even some people that are not um, what we are, they're not uh, Pentecostal like us um, that I worked with. They they enjoyed it. They have an old-time standard. They're not the same... Uh, belief system as we are, but they still enjoyed that too because it it referred to the standards in our way of living. That is a good song. Well, we are here again with another episode of Two Peas on a Pod, and uh, we are here and so glad to be here and uh, enjoyed that song, little theme song there that we do have a live um, podcast audience with us today. Yes, we do. Of one? One person that is here. He said he was bored, needed something to do. So he must have been really, really, really bored <laughs> to want to come in here and listen to us. I don't think he was really that bored. I think he just knew this was going to be some. Oh, that might be yeah. true. He might just knew he this knew is going to be the next. He gain a lot of wisdom right, from coming right, over here. Right, right, And uh, he didn't want, we invited him on the podcast, but he didn't want to be on the podcast. But he's sitting here no. listening in. Sitting He's there with a pair of headphones. Got the headphones on. Brother Josh Staggs from our church. And we're glad at to least, have him at here At least with say us. hi. We got, at least got his name on here. At least just say hi. <laughs> just say hello. Hello. There, all right. Brother Josh is doing good. He's got uh, three beautiful little girls. And him and his wife, Sister Summer, attend our church here at Vanceburg Holiness Church. But we're glad to be with you all today on another podcast. We just got home uh, a little bit ago, and we actually have some new equipment that we're working with today. Yes, we do. First time using it, really. I hope uh, the audience out there can tell a difference in it. Yes, we must apologize slightly for the audio quality of the first couple episodes, but we was very excited for the new podcast, the new idea, and just wanted to run with it before we... Uh, just wanted to see if it was something we wanted to do before we uh, spent a little money on some equipment. But we enjoyed it, especially that interview with Brother Daniel Miller. That was yeah, that was a good that was interview. great, that was fun, and uh, and the audio quality. We we just needed something different. Yeah, we uh, we decided this we was going to do this, so we just jumped in and went ahead and uh, bought this little system here, and so that's what we're using today. So I, I hope you can tell a difference and. We knew if we was going to continue to do it, we needed to uh, invest a little bit in it and get the sound quality pretty decent on it. So 
anyway, that's what we're doing right now. We just got back. Like I said, we went to uh, an apple orchard today, and it's a big uh, like a, a farm, and they have all kinds of stuff for the kids to do. It's in Georgetown, Kentucky, and we went there, and the kids had a blast. Several from the church went, and they had wagon rides and big old slides and I don't know what all. Um, they had these uh, big corn, what do you call them? With all it was like corn. a corn pit. Yeah, big old corn pit. They had two of those, and uh, Austin's twins, which are there one year old, were a year old. And they were both in there, and they had breakfast in the corn pit. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they was eating that corn. I don't know how that well that turned they out was for into them. everything. <laughs> but we had a good time over there today. Yeah, they got wore out. We put the twins in the in the SUV, and they was out in no time. Got themselves a good nap. It was a good time. Yes, it was. Now, my wife and myself, we just uh, decided not to do the corn maze. She is twenty six weeks expecting. And two twins with no stroller and had to hold them. We thought, nah, we'll just let you all do that. Yeah, so they skipped out on that, but we had a good time there. That was a good pulled pork sandwich, too. That yeah, it was, was pretty, pretty good. good. That it was, was pretty good. Pretty good food. The pretty A1 good cider. And potato chips was good, too. That <laughs> apple cider was amazing. Yeah, I had a uh, apple cider slushy. That was pretty was good. good. Apple, that did was... I say slider? I don't know. <laughs> I had an apple cider slushy. cider slushy, not an apple cider. That sounds like a uh, something that came out of the oven. But, anyways, that's what we done today and had a good time. And now we're messing with the new equipment, and we had to get something because, as uh, we've said on the introduction, I've mentioned a time or two. I am a full time evangelist, and uh, and so we're home periodically at different times. Sometimes we're home quite a bit. Sometimes we're gone two to three. I think maybe. Th- three about three months has been the most i've been gone at one period and uh but we're usually home um usually every two two months or so we usually come home for at least a week or two and uh because my my babies have first cousins that live here and they need to have a relationship and we need a break sometimes and uh, so we come home and so i needed something that would be uh mobile so we can do some on the road interviews as my plan yeah, so we can, so we got a little mobile unit here, so that's going to be super nice. Yeah, and uh, Austin plans to, I don't know, I don't think you told him, but plans to do some interviews. Did you talk about that? I just said on the road interviews. Yeah, yeah so some, uh, we've already got some ideas and things laid out for, so hopefully, hopefully this will be something uh, that you all enjoy listening to. Well, Austin and I have both been in church uh, for a long time, and I, of course, grew up in church. I told you all that on the introduction, and been in church all my life. And I tell you, if you've been in church any amount of time, then you're going to know there's there's some pretty funny stuff that happens in church. Pretty funny. And uh, there there's some, especially uh, in Kentucky. When you get in the mountains of Kentucky, now there's some <laughs> there's some pretty good things uh, that goes on. And some of it was pretty funny, but I was thinking of some funny church moments earlier. And one of the one of the funniest, I don't know about the funniest, but a very funny one that happened to me and uh, to Kelly. Of course, Kelly is Austin's wife, and that's my sister. And we had been practicing. Oh, holy night! We was, uh, I think we was both still living at home, 
I don't think was either one. Was was Kelly? Was y'all married yet? Yeah. This happened. Yep. So so they were married. We wasn't I, I wasn't married. No. And uh, so they they just pretty newly married because we just got married a year apart. So I wasn't married yet, and uh, they was just newly married. And me and Kelly had been practicing a holy night. It was the Christmas time. And Dad got up in church, and we had not fully practiced this song. And, you know, that's that's a pretty complicated song uh, to sing. And Dad got up in church, and he was leading the service. He's like, Kelly and Zach, why don't you all come and sing that old holy night? And he heard us practicing it that day. And uh, he obviously didn't hear all of it. Um, so we went up there, and we were not really prepared to sing that. And they we, we just started, and... Kelly thought I was going to sing a verse, and I thought she was going to sing one of the verses. I guess the, I don't remember if it was the first or second. And so we kind of messed up there a little bit, and then we got going, and we couldn't figure out the harmony parts. And finally, we just we both started dying laughing. I mean, it was so funny. Uh, even the people were laughing, and it, it just got it got too much to even try to sing. We, we just got to laughing. We had to quit, and pretty much everybody was laughing. And I think we ended up singing like singing with the saints or something. We just we we totally yeah, switched you had gears. To switch songs. We went running the other way. We we got as far away from that as we could because it was so bad. It it was pretty bad. You got any? I remember you, that one. Do you have any uh, moments? I could tell you another one, but I'll I'll wait. Do you have any moments that well, stick out to when you? When we was talking about this earlier, um, you brought it up, and I was just trying to you know on the spot trying to think of some things. And uh, some time ago, um, I was preaching. I honestly can't even remember where it was at. And uh, when you go to as many churches as we do all the time, it's hard to remember um, a lot of times people and people's names and where you're at. But I remember I was preaching, and uh, and I guess I must give a short snippet of what happened. And uh, maybe we can go into more detail later. Um, But I was preaching about, um, I think it was the omniscience of God and just God knows uh, where we're at, and he knows everything. God knows all. And uh, I was talking about your wife's wreck. And, uh, yes. well, at the time was your fiancé. You was, what, two weeks yeah, from getting married? Weeks. And we'll, we'll probably talk about that sometime. Yeah, we'll talk about it more because it's not funny at all. <laughs> and uh, and uh, No, well, it was not funny. Two weeks from getting married, um, she got hit by a semi, and uh, but she came out of it, and we'll just leave that alone, tackle it later. But uh, she got hit by a semi on an icy day, and I was the first one from our church and family on the scene. And uh, long story short, I was telling that Having story. Right by your house almost. Yeah, almost right by my house. And I was telling that story because um, just a lot of things that happened, and God just really protected her. And I was just talking about you know how God moved. And so I'm telling that story, and I'm going on and on, and I'm trying to remember as I'm telling it, you know how it is preaching sometimes my wife. You know, the, the preacher's wife is your your number one fan, but well, she's also I, we, we your number sh- one critic. We got to share this little detail. First, she hit the guardrail, and then the semi come behind her and hit her, and that was that was the major part of the wreck. Was the yeah. semi? So in my story, I'm telling about you just her hit the, the guardrail, guardrail first. Yeah, and, and how so terrible that. I guess I kind of <laughs> jumped some details, and I was getting to talking about she got hit by a semi. But I hadn't got there yet, and my wife is in the congregation trying to get my attention just without making a huge scene. And she's saying, Semi, Semi, don't forget the Semi. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, when she retold the story 
to her family, it was completely exaggerated <laughs> how it actually happened. And, uh, of course, we had a big laugh out of it. And I finally said semi and went on with it and uh, went on with the story. But when she was sitting back there saying semi, 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 I didn't know what in the world she was saying. I eventually got the story out and stuff. I didn't have a clue what she was saying. I can't read lips at all. And so I just stopped dead tracks, just stopped preaching and said, Kelly, I can't read your lips. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> My wife's trying to tell me something. And she said it just real calmly, semi. And uh, so that was a pretty embarrassing and blooper <laughs> moment out preaching. But, hey, you got to have fun sometimes. Oh, that's pretty funny. Kelly is crazy. Anybody that knows her knows she is uh, she's a hoot from time to time. I don't have a very dull life, let's we'll put it that way. <laughs> she thought that Austin was given the perception that when Shanda hit that guardrail, that that was the – that would turn into a major wreck. And I guess that could be a bad wreck, but that was not the that major part of the wreck. That particular story, no. And uh, she said she got hit by a semi. That was what was <laughs> terrible about it. But anyway, um, I tell you, churches – I can say you can have some funny moments in church. There's other, there's other moments that I could talk about, but – I'll tell you this one real quick. I sort of hate to tell it, but it's pretty good. Um, we has, we had youth camp years ago, and we were in a Methodist campground, and we still we haven't had got to the past two years, uh, 2019 or or 2020 rather. In 2021, we didn't get to have uh, May momentum, but that is a, a meeting that we have. We'll just give that little plug while we're here. That's an annual meeting that we have. It's a two-day youth meeting, and we normally have that in May, but 2020, 2021, we didn't get to have it because of COVID restrictions. They wouldn't open up the campground to give it to us, but years ago, we rented that same campground. It's an old Methodist campground. It's a very nice campground. Very nice. And uh, just beautiful. Fishing pond. Yeah, it has a nice pond. It sets back in a real pretty area, but the uh, tabernacle is open air it's an open air tabernacle and it's uh built um on an incline and like you know like a lot of bigger places are so the people in the back can see over top the ones up at the front but it's a pretty steep incline i mean it's not like it's not super gradual really it's pretty steep no, it's, incline. it's a pretty good one and uh, when i was younger i forget when we had our last youth camp there but i was little even at our last one but all the boys took off running and so I decided I was going to run with them. And I got about halfway up that incline, and I was—I figured out I did not want to run up and down that incline. And so I acted like I shouted a little bit, and then I went back up to the front <laughs> <laughs> so I could quit running. Uh, it's pretty bad. The question but, uh, is, how many truth. that are listening have ever done that? Oh, I, probably a few. <laughs> that's not something we're willing to admit <laughs> as holiness folks. I have. I will say I was like younger than ten. Okay, <laughs> maybe. I thought I you know. said before the podcast I that might was have been, last uh, week. It, I might have been over ten, but it wasn't much, <laughs> if any. <laughs> that is funny. That reminds me. One year we went to youth camp, and uh, now we're not going to name drop, and we're not going to say who and where. But I remember one time I was at a youth camp in a particular spot in this country. And uh, over on the right side where the boys are, and I'm sure this is about like every youth camp. It's probably not just this particular one, but um, there were some boys over there, and they'd shout a while, shout a while, and then they'd open their eyes and look around, scan the crowd, see who's watching, and keep on oh, shouting. Yeah. yeah, that's every that's every youth camp. 
I do believe. That's pretty funny. Or at least most of them. But, but you know. There'll be a lot of funny church moments. I'd really have to think about it. Yeah, there is. That's for sure. But I have to say most of them is not me. It's somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's probably accurate. That's probably And you see accurate. some of the craziest things you've ever seen in church also. Yeah, that's true. Funny, scary, sad, you name it. Yeah, that that is true. A lot of a lot of emotion happens in church. Yes, it does. I've uh, I have been very scared before in church. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Times. Probably getting off on a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but um, I tell you, when when certain preachers would preach on hell, or uh, you know, getting saved, or the Lord coming, or something like that, I mean, they could really really scare you. We had a preacher here at one time preaching revival. And uh, he has he's passed away now, and he's a great man. And he could preach to the lost like nobody uh, hardly else could. I mean, there's, I know there are great preachers out there, but this guy could really preach to the lost. And he was he was a he was a gentleman, and he was a great man. He was a big man, strong. And he come and preached to the lost here at our church one night. And we was we was younger then, and I tell you, I was scared for like a week. After that, I mean, I was scared forever when I went to bed because he told a story about this guy dying and how his feet was on fire. And uh, he said his feet started burning and he heard chains coming down the hallway and it come all the way down the hallway. And he kept telling the people that was with him, do you hear them chains? Do you hear them chains? And he finally said, they're at the door. And then they was around his feet. And uh, true story, you know, and uh, you can imagine and that story alone is, is pretty rough. But then uh, the conviction on top of that that was in the room, and there was a lot of conviction because there were sinners there. And then that story and the conviction, I mean, that done a number on me. And I've never forgot it, and I was not very old. So that was, uh, like I say, there's, there's a lot of different yes, emotions that run through you in church services. Where I was raised at, the pastor that I had for most all my childhood and teenage years. Yeah, he has scared me to death many times. <laughs> many times. I grew up there. I've heard him, you know, preach. You can imagine I was there for, you know, I don't know exactly the exact time, but we started going there when I was like three, and uh, and then, you know, through my childhood, teenage years, and then some even in my uh, younger adult years. But I was there a long time. I listened to him preach so many times, and he could scare you half to death. Yes, he could. And uh, he would preach. And you'd know you saved. You knew can. you was saved. Yes, he can. Yeah, he can. <laughs> He's still alive. But uh, and still, even, and still even after I'm you. older, and uh, no, I'm living right. <laughs> no, you're living right. No, you're saved. And you're like, well, maybe I'll just kneel down and check my heart. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, an evangelist, and uh, he was preaching for the the first gentleman that I mentioned. He was preaching revival for him, and. Uh, he said that he got to the pastor was preaching that Sunday morning, like you know a lot of times they do, and then the evangelist was going to start that night. And he said uh, he preached so hard to the lost. He said if I hadn't been the evangelist, he said I'd have got up and went to the altar. <laughs> he preached with so much conviction and uh, so much authority. But that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Well, I think that puts us right into the what we want to talk about here at the end. And uh, talking about the lost, and that's what we just wanted to talk about today, is pretty much you got to be saved. You got to be clean. Yes, you do. How do you get saved? And what does it what does it mean to be saved? 
uh, there's a scripture in First John I want to read. First John one and seven it said, "But if ye walk, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin." The blood of Jesus Christ. That is the key right there. That's it. The blood's enough. And first of all, we must acknowledge that there is sin in the world. We, we've got to acknowledge that. We've got to acknowledge it um, for ourselves. The Bible said that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Since the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve fell, when Eve ate the forbidden fruit and was deceived, the Bible said she was deceived, and Adam willingly ate from the forbidden fruit, uh, since that time, from that time on, uh, every man that's been born, except for Jesus Christ, uh, is is born a sinner. We're, we're all born with the endemic sinful nature that came from Adam. And so we, we've got to acknowledge, first of all, that uh, sin is real and sin is rampant. I mean, it is everywhere. Whenever we go to uh, buy a car, whenever we go to buy a home, or perhaps buy a business, there was a, a business venture um, that some people were looking at one time and um, that I was with. And when they went to go make the transaction and they brought out the books, uh, it was a restaurant. And when they, they gave them the actual books of what they had brought in, it was a lot different than what they had told them to begin with. And, uh, you know, sin is everywhere. People lie. They cheat. And uh, exactly. we, we always... That's right. Take a lot of caution whenever we buy anything, like I say, or make any kind of transaction. And we do that because of sin. There would have never been that kind of uh, of uh, trust issues or anything like that if sin hadn't entered into the world. Genesis 4 and 7 says that sin lieth at the door. It's just there waiting on us. And uh, we know it, it is everywhere. Uh, sin just it comes into, um, like I say, our lives when we're born. We're born that way. Now, I'm not saying um, that children are necessarily um, would go to hell if they die. I'm not talking about that. But the sinful nature is there, and it, and you do have to be saved. Whether you grow up in church your whole life or whether you was uh, the worst drug addict on the street, you've still got to be saved either way it goes. And uh, being saved is something that a lot of people don't they don't really have a knowledge of. Um, in, in the everyday world, it would surprise you, really, if, especially people that, that like us that grew up this way and been taught this our whole life. We just take it for granted that everybody knows how to get saved, but they, they certainly do not know how to get saved. No, a lot of people don't. No, they, they don't. don't know how to pray. No, they don't. And uh, the further we go, the further time goes, and we get away from our, our teachings of our elders and our grandparents the worse off it gets i mean my generation is is terrible but even the generation now that's after me the teenagers now uh it's even i I think it's even worse you know they don't know what it is to call on god they don't know how to call on god they don't know what it is really to uh to get a hold of god and so a lot of people they don't even know how to get saved and so it is our responsibility to tell them i do believe and we should let others know to get saved and how to get saved. We should go out and evangelize as much as we can those that are around us, especially then that we come in contact with on a daily basis and uh, that God has placed us 
uh, you know, and I believe God does that. I believe He'll place us on a job for a certain reason, or or place them on the job. Absolutely. And uh, so I believe we ought to take everything we do serious and pray about it. Um, but what does it take to be saved? How how do you get saved? How can you become clean? The Bible said there that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So what can save you? Can can being sorry alone save a person? No, it cannot. No. You cannot just be sorry for your sin only. Um, now, it will uh, a godly sorrow worketh repentance, but but sorrow alone will not save you. Tears alone will not save you. You can uh, uh, cry, as they say. You can you can cry a Niagara of of tears. You know, you can you can go and cry till the rivers are full, and it's not going to save you. It's not going to do you no bit of good unless there's repentance involved in that. Exactly. Unless you repent of your sin and the blood cleanses you. Another thing is water baptism. A lot of people think water baptism will save you. Uh, water baptism is a subsequent work to salvation. I was at work the other day and uh, we got to talking about being saved and I told them in the in the office there, I was like, you need to be saved. You got to get saved. And one of the girls in the office, she said, but I'm afraid of drowning. And I just sort of stopped a minute. I was like, what are you talking about? And then it hit me. I said, oh, you think I'm talking about baptism? And I said, I'm not talking about baptism. Although I do believe you need to be baptized. Right. Um, that is an ordinance of the New Testament. That, and it's uh, something that we definitely do and we believe in and we teach and we practice. However, baptism will not save anybody. It'll just be a wet sinner. Yeah, they, our old <laughs> pastor, Brother Benny Grizzle, they said when uh, if a person don't repent first, they go in the water a, a dry sinner and come out a wet one uh, because they haven't repented. Um, but if you repent, then you're a candidate of salvation or of um, baptism if you've been saved. But water baptism alone will not save anybody. You can wash water over you. Um, from now till eternity, and it ain't going to wash one solitary well, sin away. That was the scripture away. that you just said. It has to be the blood. Yeah, it and does. that's what that's what obviously in today's world, especially the signs of the times, the devil is trying to take away what you have to have to be saved. There, there's not two ways. There's not three. There's right. not five or ten. There's one. There's just one way. There's just to one the way. Gate. That's why the, the, that song on our interest is there's a narrow way. Yes, we got to live that old time religion. The blood is enough, yeah. and anything else is wrong. That's right. What about good morals, Brother Austin? Will good morals save you? Good morals. Oh, this one you really hear all the time. When you go to talk to somebody, well, I'm a good person. Yes. I don't cuss. I'm a I don't good drink. Person. I'm a good person. I just don't go to church. Well, you know, and it's not that we're just being mean or no. just being bold, but we're being Bible. That's right. And the Bible says you're going to go to hell for all of eternity. Yeah. The same place as Adolf Hitler. The same place as some of the worst men that's ever been on the face of this earth. And you're going to go to the same place. Yeah, it takes more than good morals. And I appreciate people with good morals. I do too. And I wish uh, I wish we had more people in this country uh, with good morals. And we do have a lot of good people. And it makes people. it more sad. That's yeah, what, yeah, it they does have really. those good morals. But you need you got you need to have cleansing. You've got to have cleansing, not just hiding behind a quote unquote good life. 
Uh, Matthew 23, 27, 28 says, And this is Jesus talking. He said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. It's not enough to be good on the outside. It's not enough just to have uh, good morals, not enough just to uh, raise your family good and, and support your family and work and be a good citizen. And like I said, I appreciate all those things, and I think we ought to do all those things. Um, and I, I don't think uh, you can be saved without doing a lot of those things. You know, you, you're, The Bible said um, that you're supposed to take care of your family and you're supposed to work and you're supposed to be a good citizen and obey the laws of the land. All that comes with salvation, but none of that is salvation. Infidel. Worse than an infidel. But none of that is salvation. But what is salvation? Let's. Oh, I wanted to talk about one more before I get too far gone. Uh, what about purgatory? Now that's a big one that a lot of place. people believe in. I mean, there's yes, they a do. lot of people that believe in this, um, and really. You're talking about billion, yeah, a billion plus when you talk about that's right purgatory. And uh, really, the the thought of purgatory um, is a it's a carryover from an old Greek and Roman uh, mythology that sins that were still on people, still hanging on to people after they died, after they went into the grave, that they would go into this place uh, of hell's flames, which is that's what purgatory actually right. is. And they would burn their sins off of them, that that would burn them off and purge them and get them uh, to a, a place where they could enter into rest. But that is, uh, we know that that, according to the Bible, like I said, this is in accordance with the Word of God. Not our opinion. That that is inaccurate because the Bible said, as a tree falleth, so, so shall, it lie. shall it lie. If you die a sinner, you're going to be forever a sinner. There are no chances after death. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to do it on this side. Of eternity, you're going to have to do it on right. this side of life. The Bible said that it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. And that judgment ain't going to change. Once you die, then then your fate is sealed. You you cannot change that, and there there is no coming back from that. Once once you're gone, um, then then you have no more chances. But that's why the Bible says that um, now is the day of salvation. You know, a lot of times we say today is the day, but it actually says now. And now is the accepted time. Right now, at this very minute, this very moment, I uh, heard somebody talking about that the other day, how it says now and not today. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was a preacher, but I don't remember. Uh, but right now, at this very moment, this very time, it's time for you to get saved. So how do you get saved? I know we're going a little long. I need, we need to wrap this up. But one thing I wanted to mention before we get to that final point is we have to realize that you can't be clean and dirty at the same time. Yeah, that's right. You have to realize that you're a sinner. <laughs> yes. And honestly, th- th- this sounds terrible to say, but one of the biggest problems that we're facing right now in 2021, and these are things that I'm saying as an evangelist, you know, I, I, I don't know how many churches I've been to this year, and uh, but I've been to a lot and, uh, in the last nine, nine-ish months this year. And one thing I've ran into is that most people, nobody's lost. Yeah. Right. They they come in looking like they just come I mean they come in just a picture of sin, a picture of lo- being lost. 
and you know, and they're they're not. No, nobody's lost. And then they get to telling you their story about what they're doing, and their life is full of sin. And I'll say this, and we'll end it here on on your segment there. But we was preaching somewhere um, at a church, and this man said that he couldn't live thirty seconds without sinning. Yeah. He said because we're all <laughs> sinners, and it kind of struck him weird. But I told him, I said, I'm not a sinner anymore. Right. I was I was a sinner, but yeah. I'm not a sinner today. Yeah. But he believed you had to you would habitually sin every day. That's yeah. just part of life, and you hope you make it right. by the grace of God. You hope you no. That's not right. You have to acknowledge you are a sinner. And I yeah. told him, I said, if you're living in sin every day, every thirty seconds, if you're sinning, that's what he said. Yeah. If you're sinning every day, you're not going to make if it. If you're sinning a little every day, then you need to get saved. You're not going to make it because if you're saved, you're not. Now I'm not. We're not saying you ain't going to have uh, times that you, we got to repent. We know the Bible right. teaches that, and we're not perfect by no means. And we we do have an Nobody advocate with has the Father, uh, Jesus Christ. The righteous, and, and we do have times that we have to go back to the cross. Right. Uh, but if you're sinning a little every day, then you need to get saved. That's the bottom line. Because exactly you do right. not have to sin you can't every day. Be dirty. No. And be clean at the same time. And the and we have the the power to live above it. We can live above sin, and we must live above sin. Exactly. Um, you so, want to finish this up, right? Yeah. Here? Well, let's finish it up real quick. Um, you know, you get to talking, you can just talk. You you can say so many things. Uh, but how do you how do you become clean? How do you really get saved? Is it um, through water baptism? Is it through tears? Is it through uh, purgatory? Is it through uh, wishing your sins away or, or living just morally good and having a good moral life? No, it's not. A thousand times no. That is not the answer. It takes the blood of of Jesus. That's what our, our scripture that we read said. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Calvary is God's total answer for sin. For every sin ever committed, Calvary is God's answer for that. And the Bible said all sin. Yes, that's right. It has the ability to cleanse all sinners from all sin. Now, we, we do know there is uh, one sin that and the that is the blasphemy uh, blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, and uh, if if you do that, then you cannot be saved. But no, you, you know, have that, to that's want really to do rare. That. You have to want to. Yeah, you do. And the the devil tells people that they've done that and tries to keep them from getting saved by using that people that have the right. knowledge of that. But if I think he tells everybody. That. Yeah, he does. I think he does. <laughs> you have to know what you're doing to do that. Yeah, and also I think if I think you'll lose your desire to be saved, you'll right. be turned over. I I don't think you'll even want to be saved. If but you, this current if you do that. ideology that we have, even in this country and even maybe within our churches, is that if you do this, you can't be saved. If you do that, you can't be saved. If your background's too bad, yeah. you can't be saved. Well, if you've done this or that, and I'm not going to name any things, but there's there's certain ideologies that there's certain things if you do this can't be saved. But the scripture said, yeah, all sin. And people say, uh, you know, you'll talk to them and invite them to church, and they'll say, well, if I walk into a church, the church house would fall right. down. And uh, if you're out there listening to this podcast, and you're one of those people. That say the church house would fall down, or or can I be saved? I want to tell you that yes, you can be saved, and no, the church will not fall down. The blood of Jesus Christ has the ability to cleanse all sinners, young sinners, and old sinners, men sinners, 
women's centers, Canadian centers, American centers. It don't make no difference. It don't matter what you are or what you've done. Jesus Christ can save you, and the blood of Jesus Christ can reach you. Isaiah said this. It said, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. snow. Though they be red. I'm going to preach right here in a minute. I gotta calm down. We're just on a podcast. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, God treats all sin the same. Uh, we we sometimes categorize sin, and there in in our judicial system and in our opinion, there's big sins and there's little sins. But right. God treats them all the same. Big sins, little sins. God treats them everyone the same. And how does He do that? He puts them all under the blood. Every sin, whether it's a white lie or if it's uh, drinking, or if it's murder, or whatever it might be, Jesus died. And when his when he died, he did not die just to save uh, the, the light sinner, if you will. He did not just die to save the people who grew up in church and have committed maybe a little sin, but he died to save the worst of the worst. When he died, he died to save the 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 good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will. And uh, Hebrews twelve twenty four says this, and I'm I'm winding up. Austin's giving me the nod. It's time to go. <laughs> let me let me quote this or read this verse to you. Uh, Hebrews twelve twenty four. It said, "And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant." I love this scripture. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Right. Now, what's that talking about? When Abel, when Cain killed Abel, Abel's blood cried out to God from the ground, didn't it? That's what that's what God told Cain. He said, I, he said, I hear the voice of thy brother's blood calling to me. And it cried out for revenge and for vengeance and for retaliation. But the writer of Hebrews said that the blood of, of sprinkling, Jesus' blood, speaketh better things than that of the blood of Abel. What did Jesus' blood cry out? Did it cry out for judgment? Did it cry out for retaliation on those that were uh, killing him and crucifying him? No. But it said, uh, he said, he cried out for mercy. He said, Father, have mercy on them, for they know not what they do. And the blood still does that today. The blood still works. The blood is still powerful. The blood is still saving. And every single day, the blood of Jesus Christ is still on the mercy seat, and it calls out every day for mercy. Right before the very throne of God, it's crying out on my behalf and on your behalf, greater than the greatest lawyer that's ever lived. It's crying out for mercy, advocacy that's right. for you and for me. So if you're listening to this, you can be saved. Jesus' blood is enough, and he will save you, and he wants to save you right now. Yes, that is correct. Right now. There's no time to wait. If you're hearing this, you need to do it right now. If you're lost, if you're not ready to go to meet the Lord, and uh, we could tell many stories and many things, and maybe we just need to take a whole segment and talk about, take a yeah. whole episode and just, just say, talk about the If you're blood. listening to this and you want to get saved, you can get saved right wherever you're at, whether you're in the car, whether you're in your living room, or wherever you're at. All you have to do is repent of your sin. Acknowledge your sin, repent of your sin, ask oh. the Lord to save you, and He'll do it. He will save no you. No altar, no right preacher, in, no pastor. Right there. And that's great. If, I mean, if you can do that, but it's worth getting saved right now because yes, you're not is. promised the next second. We better get off here. We've went over our time already. This may be very common, but we need to get off here. But this is Two Peas on a Pod with Austin Griffiths and Zachary Cordell, and we will see you later. God bless.